Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 7, All Stake, No Sizzle, an honest, no BS look at life, sports, and entertainment. I am your host, Devin McKenzie, here once again. Thank you all for listening. And this week's episode is going to be another episode in a series of conversations about dealing with race issues in our country. On this episode, I have very special guests, a person that has inspired me and helped me out in this podcast game, my niece, Takenya McKenzie from the Takenya Talks podcast. I brought her on the show. We recorded this a while ago, uh, I want to say two, three weeks ago. And the reason why I wanted to talk to her is because she's a student at Eastern Michigan University. And for those of you that may not know, Eastern Michigan had an incident happen at the end of September. Someone spray-painted racial graffiti over one of the buildings. Basically, they spray-painted the words, leave niggers and KKK. And to can't being a student at Eastern Michigan is right there on the front lines and can basically give a first-person account of what happened. Um, for those of you that also may not know, there was a large protest that made national news. And she, on this episode, she's going to give us a description of that protest. But... The ironic thing is I was getting ready to put this episode out this week and earlier today, um, Monday, Halloween night, uh, is when I'm recording this, something else happened at Eastern Michigan. Basically the same thing. Someone spray painted the words leave niggers again over one of the buildings there at Eastern Michigan. So this lets you know that this is definitely an issue that needs to be dealt with and it apparently is not going away. And like I said, it's ironic because I was already planning on putting this episode out this week and (laughs) literally the the day that I'm putting it out, it happens again. So, So I'm going to try and get my niece back on the show to basically give us an update on the things that happened today you know, Halloween 2016, and kind of follow up on what we're going to talk about in this episode. She, Like I said, she gives us a pretty detailed description of what happened during the first incident, but it happened again. So this lets you know that this is a much-needed discussion. Before we jump into the conversation with me and my niece, uh, I have a quick announcement for basically for those of you that live in Michigan, preferably the Albion, Jackson, Kalamazoo area, and if you're a musician, on yesterday, uh, October 10th, I recorded a conversation with my uncle, Pastor Bobby McKenzie, who is, like I said, is the pastor of the Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church in Albion, Michigan. You will be hearing that conversation from me in the near future. Me and him had a great conversation about different issues going on in the country. And like I said, it it was a very, very powerful conversation. And I got a chance to go to his church and and was there for service and it was had a good time. But my uncle is looking for a new musician for his church. 
his previous musician is exploring future endeavors and he needs a musician bad. So, like I said, if you're in the Kalamazoo, Battle Creek, Jackson, Ann Arbor, Albion, Detroit area, or if you're just a musician and you know how to play music and you're looking for a job, make sure you let me know. You can email me at asnspodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at, or Instagram at Devin the 63 that's D-E-V-I-N-T-H-E-6-3. Or you can hit me up on the All Stake No Sizzle Facebook page. I will put you in contact with my uncle and get that process going because he definitely needs a musician quick. Even if you don't stay in those areas and you're willing to travel or looking for a new place to live, he might be able to still help you out. So like I said... Get in contact with me by sending me a message or sending me an email, and you can get the ball rolling on that. So please, 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 if you're a musician, hit me up, and I appreciate it. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that next week's episode is going to be a lot lighter than the past couple of episodes. Next week, we're going to basically break down the midseason awards for the NFL. Next week is week nine of the NFL season. At that point, every team will have played at least eight games this season, so I feel it was only fair that if I'm going to give out the midseason awards that everyone had the opportunity to play eight games this year. So next week, I'm going to break down who I feel at this point in the season is the MVP, who's the most improved player, who's the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, general manager of the year. And many other awards that's going to be handed out next week. So the first annual All Stake No Sizzle NFL Half Season Awards will be presented next week. I might even put on a nice suit, <laughs> tuxedo, nice top hat. <laughs> I might even make up a little bootleg trophy. We'll we'll uh, see how that turns out next week. So make sure you stay tuned for that episode. And once again, before we jump into this conversation, let me just remind you guys of my email. That's asnspodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on social medias. Yes, I said social medias. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Devin the 63 That's D-E-V-I-N-T-H-E-6-3. And you can contact the All Stake No Sizzle Facebook page. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other people. Spread the word. And for those of you that have been listening and continue to listen, I thank you very, very much. And I ask that you share this with other people. If you like what I'm doing, spread the word. If you don't like what I'm doing, spread the word anyway. Let them listen to how bad the show is. (laughs) With all that being said, once again, thank you for listening. And let's start the show. to the show i'd like to welcome a very special guest 
my niece, Mr. Kenya McKenzie. Say hi to the people, Kenya. Hi. And for those of you that don't know, Kenya is the host of her own podcast, which is called Kenya Talks. And we also have, uh, I don't even know if it's active anymore. What? The show that we both have together. It is. You're just doing your own thing. Okay. Well, that show is called a Generation Exchange. Yes, it's still an active show. We just haven't seen each other. Anymore. I mean, but you know, we got that one show that's out there that, that hasn't been put is out lost, yet. But you know, and so. it's not all the way into the abyss of nothing, but it's almost there. <laughs> okay. Um, well, before we get started, why don't you uh, go ahead and plug your show, throw your Twitters, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your Christian Mingles, your your uh, J Date, all your, your good stuff out there for the people. Okay. So, I was told to be serious, so before I get serious... Oh, we, we, we can have fun, but, you know, this is a kind of a serious topic, but, you Okay, know. so, I'm Takenya from Takenya Talks Podcast or whatever, and over there on my side of town, it is the wretched show that everybody loves to hate. Um, I, I am the baby of a pie family. We haven't named our pie family, but we are a pie family, and, yeah, my show is... It's whatever I'm feeling. It's really pretty much my journey in life through words because I like to talk and like I'm in college and that's what I would go to college for, which is like radio. So yeah, my podcast is, is just a 20 something year old trying to get through life or lack thereof, trying to grab it by the balls, trying every single day to just live. And so every, was it Monday? Monday. Roughly around 6.30, maybe Tuesday at, you know, 12 o'clock in the morning. It depends on my college schedule. You'll get a show. So, yeah. Okay. So, make sure you uh, listen to Kenya Talks, and hopefully there's a Generation Exchange episode coming up sometime. So. Yes. And Devin's my favorite uncle. I'm your only uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kenya, I brought you on the show because I'm – doing this series of shows talking about the racial issues that are going on in our country. Um, I've had, I've interviewed a few, a few people before from different backgrounds and I wanted to get you on because you basically, well, two main reasons. Number one, you're what? 21 now? 22. You tried. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 22. You got so many nieces and nephews that you can't keep up. I'm getting old out here. So you're 22 young lady. Young, young black female young in America. Young bull out here. So I wanted to get your your opinions because you're a young black female in America. And also, <laughs> you're a student at Eastern Michigan University. Mm-hmm. And there, there was an incident that happened up there not too long ago. And, well, yeah, let's, just, let's, let's go ahead and start there. Uh, once upon a not time not long ago, about a month ago, I was I was – Awaken on this beautiful, what was it? Was that a Tuesday or a Thursday? It had to be a Tuesday or a Thursday because it, I was in class. So I'm going to assume Tuesday because the week didn't end or fast. So it was a Tuesday and we were in class and there was like, you could see there was like a, dis- like a just a different type of energy. A lot of angry black people. And I hadn't, I didn't know what was going on because I wasn't like on social media. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm trying to get to class. I ain't worried about nothing. And I got to class, and the first thing, my classes this year are surprisingly very, very racial-based. Like, my first class is interracial um, communication. Mm -hmm. My second class is uh, communication ethics, which kind of dabbles in ethics in the code of ethics as far as, like, race and relations. My third class isn't listening behavior. But then my last class is very heavily 
racial basis, AFC, African American women in uh in media. So we always talk about black stuff. So that day, first thing, shout out the gate. My professor, who is black, who teaches interracial communication, it's like, I know you guys heard about today, and um, we can talk about it. This is a safe space. And I'm sitting there like, well, what happened? So, what did you ask her that, or you just. Yeah, I asked like the class, like, because I didn't know, like, you, okay. you know, when the teacher bring it up, they're like, yeah, you heard about that. And I'm sitting here like, well, what, what went on? So I got on Instagram, and then it was like, I saw the KKK. Mind you, this person took their time. Like, they had four different types of cans. Had to be because it was a red K, a white K, and a blue K, and then black letters that said leave niggers. Um, it was on a, a hall that nobody really goes to. It's called King Hall, right? which is actually a communications build- building, which is where the radio station is. But because, I mean, it's not like a popping building. They, I guess they chose that building. And, well, so, um, well, real quick, just to kind of give the listeners an idea of what happened. So basically, someone spray-painted KKK and... Leave niggers on one of the halls at Eastern Michigan University. Not nigga, like it was ERS, like they meant that with passion. Okay, and do you know? Did they say who? Nope. They find out who did it, or Mm-mm. they put out. Well, uh, with that, the first thing we got was the email from the president saying that they do not condone racial slurs at all whatsoever. But you know, with black people, we were not. That wasn't enough. And um, then we got an email saying he, um, well, actually, after we got his email and he said, sorry, because they called it graffiti. Like they never acknowledged it as hate of uh, vandalism, uh, hate or anything. They kept calling it graffiti. So the black people rallied, went on the street. So wait, so basically the president of the university wouldn't say it was racial. No, he he still hasn't acknowledged it as that. He acknowledged he just it says as graffiti. graffiti. Okay. Yeah. And he was saying, um you know, sorry for the group. Basically it was like a quick response that you obviously have to put out when you have students of color and it wasn't a thought out speech. So that didn't do any justice for us. So they, we decided to do like a random, it was a random, very, very well organized. We said meet in the library at four. We all met there and we rallied. I didn't go. I went to the student center, went to go see the people, made, saw, I mean, put my face in, because I had to take an exam that day. So I couldn't just go out and rally. But I did right. go to the student center, heard them do the speech, and then I went back to class. Um, and then they decided to rally through the streets of Ypsilanti, and it was very powerful. Okay. So let's go back to um, when you found out about it in mm-hmm. in class. So you were saying that the teacher basically, you said this was a, what, what kind of class was this again? Interracial communication. Okay. So basically it's like you can't pick a better class to be in. Yeah. Actually. Well, this is going in, going on. Yeah. It was, because the class is so, it's it's not as advanced as my AFC class because that class is my last of communication. Wait, what's AFC? African American Studies. Okay. But I'm in like 400 in that class, but this class is 200. So I was kind of in a class like me and my friend, well, she's not my friend, a colleague. She is like a senior too with me. So we can tell the energy is different than if we were in in the AFC class. The conversation would have been way deeper. Like it was just like, yeah, that sucks. But basically the class is talking about interracial issues. Yeah, we briefly spoke about that. Okay. So after the teacher um, said, hey, we all know what happened. Let's talk about it. What what happened after that? They started the class. So there was no discussion about it? She, I mean, she opened up the conversation, but nobody had nothing to say. Plus, that professor is not very... She's that... Hmm, she's that professor that wants 
equality and she wants all black people to get along and she has a phd and all her white friends love her so she thinks that the world should be so perfect because she was treated well by white people so it was hard it's hard to even relate to her because she is very very privileged in a way that some people aren't like education is a privilege and if you have a phd you're obviously more privileged than the average african-american woman because those are two minorities but with education it kind of gives you a little bit more privilege than it would us so it's hard for me to be in that class because i am in another afc class where we get down to the nitty-gritty we're not talking about oh let's cookies and rainbows and she came in and i know everybody's mad but let's talk about what we should do to change it and make everybody equal and i was sitting in the class like girl i'm pissed i don't want to talk about how me and this white man next to me even to hold hands i really want to punch him in the face like that's how that's how i feel like and lately i'm feeling that i'm kind of disliking that's that's a strong statement but like i just find myself seeing them and kind of resenting that they have such privilege and don't use it for good. White people, that's what I'm talking about. Hmm. Yeah. Not majority of them. Not majority. But a a good chunk at Eastern don't. At Eastern. Yeah. So all right, so <laughs> let's let's kinda go go back to this class. So the announcement was made that hey, we can talk about it, but nobody really wanted to talk about it. I mean, no, because her class, it wasn't, she didn't, she opened up a space for us to talk, but she didn't give us a space to just vent. I wanted to be, because that's how I felt at the time. I'm paying all of this money. They raised tuition higher than any other school in our Michigan uh, region, and we paying all of this money to wake up to get called niggers and, and, and the KKK telling us to leave. That's unacceptable. And then the way they handled it, the president saying we're gonna get this graffiti off the wall. Sorry about that. Like, no. So did did they say anything about an investigation or? Yeah, they have quote unquote did a deep investigation, but it was the point that the literal next day happened again. Like people don't know that part. Really, but it happened again, and like he that, but that's because it went from more so of a national thing. Then when it cooled down, it became an eastern problem, like for us to deal with instead of it being national. So that second part didn't make it to the news, but it happened again, and this time in a dorm, and they wrote KKK leave niggers in a dorm, like in like a room or like the hallway. In the hallway. Okay. Yeah. Well, was it the same hall that it was done in the first the first mm-hmm. time, or is it no? Just this a was a dorm hall. The first time was a a, a a hall for classes. The second one was where people lived. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So. Did, did you actually see it yourself? Nope, I never saw neither one of them. I saw pictures. Okay, yeah, because I'm I'm looking at the pictures right now. But so mm-hmm. basically, they had, they had taken it down before. You they were trying, like it was still up for like four hours. It was up. I mean, you know, four. That's yeah. I mean, it's a, up of us expected, but it was still up. Like they didn't, because you can't like grind like brick off of a wall, because they wrote it on brick on right. concrete. So they got to do a lot of work to get it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the picture now. It look like they're power got the power washers out trying to get it off of mm-hmm. it. But so okay, after after everybody found out about it, you said you guys met up in the student center, which is like our hall, like main hall where everybody goes to eat. It's it's like our main part of campus. And you said you weren't there for that. I went to the student center for like 30 minutes. Okay, so what was what was basically talked about what happened um the greeks took over and uh actually a sigma and he stood up he was more sort of voice 
of our, he was our voice. So he started telling people, you know, we won't take this. We pay too much money to be here. We don't pay this money to come to the school and be treated like this. Um, we were talking about how black lives and what black people have to go through in the struggle. He talked about how we're going to march to halls or we're going to march down Washington, Washington and march to the president's house of which they did. They ran into a couple of peep hops. Somebody ran them over. It's okay. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> somebody got ran over on Washington, a white woman. Like, because the Black Lives Matter protests were walking through the streets, like, blocking off whole streets. Like, they were not playing. They would not take the sidewalk. They were very rude. And <laughs> they blocked off a whole street. Mind you, this is rush hour, so it's 5 o'clock, and a woman plowed through the whole crowd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. They didn't talk about this. All of this happened. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't so, get any... so a woman that was driving, yeah, start hitting students. She start like they, of course, dissipated. But one person did get ran over, and they didn't say anything about this. She's in trouble. Like I mean, it was it didn't get to news because they didn't give us as much coverage as they did U of M. Obviously, because Eastern it's Eastern and then it's something happened at U of M. Yeah, U of M had the same. Oh my gosh! So U of M had. <laughs> Somebody put out a, a article about why white women shouldn't date black men, and then they wrote something on like the campus grounds. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but they had like an incident the next week, and they, we still in solidarity with them like they did for us when we rallied. The, we rallied like five times, like we were making sure we were heard. Wow, okay, so it was a lot. I got I got to do some research on this U U of M thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Wow, this is a lot more than I thought. Ooh. All right, so let's let's so <laughs> recap. So okay, students were mar- marching to the president's house, and yes, they did. Now, th- was this the same day? Mm-hmm. So this, the day that this graffiti, the graffiti, what, we found out early that morning. So they said the professor had she found out at like eight a.m. Classes started by four p.m. They were on the streets. We were told to meet into the student center at three, or is it two or three? It was at two, and then by four. They were in the streets. By five, they made it to the president's house. Okay. So, what? What were you a part of that? No, I didn't. I, I had. I've had class on Tuesdays from uh, eleven to eight p.m. So I didn't get to do nothing. Okay. You, do you know anybody that, that was there for that? Yeah, a lot of my friends went. A lot of people that I know. So when they marched to the president's house, what basically what was the what was the purpose for going to the president's house, and what was done there? It was a demand that he handles the situation a lot more serious than he did. Um, they didn't like his response. They let him know that they felt like he would kind of have to just rush, which, okay, I kind of see where they were coming from, but at the same time, he can only say so much with what he had. He had to find out who did it, all of this other stuff. So his initial statement was kind of like, sorry, you know, this graffiti will be taken out as soon as possible. We take it serious. Then when they went to his house, they made him re-explain himself, and then um, he was like, I'm sorry we're going to get on this as soon as possible. So he took it a step further, re-apologized in his letter to the students, and put out ransom for the person who did it. Really? $500. And then um, we had a big forum, and the council, all everybody who's pol- a politician in Washington County came, and then a so, black person upped so, the ransom to $2,500. So this forum, was it the same day? No, it was the next day. Okay. So... Uh, let's go back to the situation at the president's house. So basically, this group comes to the president's house and <laughs> just chilling. So he, chilling. so he basically like came outside. He and he, can't. No, he wasn't there. He was at. We don't know where he was. 
but he came pulled up in the driveway, you know, to a crowd of angry black students. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, honestly. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's probably every white you know, person's white person's dream. That just worst dream, worst, worst nightmare. nightmare. Just like, crowd of angry black people mm. yeah. so I'm um, pretty sure they felt it I mean when I saw the pictures I was dead because they had flyers niggas was sitting on his porch on his rock he got like a rock his house is nice by the way president Eastern's president you know what his name nice. is nice no I don't okay I've I'll look it up go ahead his house is really nice and they was just perched on top of his bedding of flowers I mean they was just they just they didn't ruin it but they definitely like kind of Fuck your couch, nigga. Like, <laughs> we here. So it was really a dope movement. I don't okay. know his So name. after the, the march on the president's house, basically mm-hmm. everybody kind of just went back to their own dorms or yep. was there another meeting or something like that? So the next day they had a forum. They've been having events since then. Like, we've been having all kinds of talks. Um, the Black Student Union had a talk with the president, and um, they've been meeting together to find – a solution to make race relations a lot better. One thing that I did want to um, talk about is that over the summer, they let go of um, Reginald Barnes, who was, he wasn't necessarily working. He wasn't over the black student union, the black student affairs, not union, but all black things. But he had a position where he was, he was the figure for black students, but mm-hmm. he had a whole nother position in the Eastern's job, but he kind of, became that figure they let his position go so we didn't have any kind of like it went from having some type of um representative, you know, representative to nothing so now we're kind of like chaotic all of our stuff is everywhere the greeks are everywhere there's no unity because reggie isn't there anymore so we just wanted to point out how not only did they make race relations uh not a priority but then on top of that, they let go of somebody who actually kept us at bay. Like, he was our representative. Right. Now that he's not there, who do we have to, to speak for us? And then it showed that they put all of this money into all of this stuff, took away jobs for stuff that doesn't even matter. Because now race relations are higher than ever. And y'all got rid of the one person who needs to speak for us because we, like they say about Black Lives Matter, we don't have a representative now. So now we are angry with nobody who can voice our ang- anger properly. And... and- that's that's definitely a problem because I mean you can you can be angry everybody yeah, can be angry you, can you be know angry. But, but at the end of the day that anger if you don't have anyone that can actually go to the people mm-hmm. the higher ups and actually voice that opinion mm-hmm. then it's just anger, anger. it's just and they and not gonna look at us and take us serious exactly because even with our because not only did we press protest I was actually a part of the second protest I didn't I didn't jump the fence but. but well, you talk about oh. at the game? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about okay. that in a minute. Okay. That, that's the one I'm really interested in. But oh, Lord. Anyway. Yeah, I was there. And so, what, what was the, the representative's name again? You said Reggie. Reginald Barnes. Reginald Barnes. He wasn't like, they didn't give him that title, but Reggie was definitely the only black man in that. It's like a faculty, and I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't know the name. It was a faculty of, of members that work with the students, and Reginald was like, he had his own job. But on top of that, they, they kind of like he was a token black guy to go to when the black kids are mad. You go to Reginald to find out why. Like, what's going okay. on with them? Like, he that's what he was. We'll call him a, a liaison. Yeah, yeah, that's what he was for us. And President James Smith is the oh, okay. president of Eastern Michigan. We just know Jeff Larkham. Who's Jeff Larkham? He's the man that's always sending us emails. 
We have no idea. Never seen him. Never met him. Jeff Larkham is always in our emails. But that's. Oh, okay. That's the president, right? Yeah. Okay. I, he looks. I've. You know, I met him at the game. He. They had to make him come to to the game to make us not jump the fence. Okay. I'll tell you about that later. All right. <laughs> so, all this. So the march from the president's house happened. What? Tuesday or Wednesday? That happened on Tuesday, the same day that the graffiti happened. Okay. Then, so what happened the next day on Wednesday? Wednesday, there was a forum in the student center for everybody to come safely, positively voice their opinions on what they want to see change on Eastern's campus. Okay. <clears throat> so were there any more protests on this day? Uh, No. We didn't have any more protests until the game. Okay. So basically from the from – Tuesday and Wednesday where you had the, the March on the President's House, mm-hmm. the Forum. Really, nothing really happened no. Thursday or Friday? No. Or was the game Friday or was it? The game was Friday or Saturday. I think it was Friday. Friday night, yeah. Friday night. Okay, so Thursday, nothing really happened. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's just kind of amongst themselves. Yeah. Talking, you know. And, like, we made it to BuzzFeed and a whole bunch of blog sites and stuff. So we were, like, on social media promoting everything. And, then, you know, everybody was taking advantage of that. So all right, let's go to let's let's go to Thursday. So there's nothing basically organized or planned for Thursday, right? No. So is this the day that everybody were was kind of talking amongst themselves, like we're gonna march on the game? Now this is what was funny. I was getting random texts from numbers I've never seen in my life, but it was the same repeated message. And then I got the the text from a friend who I knew, so I was like, okay. So the message was everybody wear black. I wish I had the message to this day. Everybody wear black. Don't tell anybody. Don't put it on social media. Send it to all you of them Greeks. Send it to all our people who are black and in our area. We're going to protest at the game. We're all black. That was the every black person on Easter's campus got this text message. <laughs> this is black people we ain't never seen before. Text it, messages, numbers I ain't never seen before. I'm getting numbers from here to there. And you didn't see this on social media anymore. No, we didn't post it on social media. It so what you're wrong. telling me is, is that this generation mm-hmm. of people, <laughs> 20, we'll say 24 and younger, yeah. was able Yes. To not put something on social media. Yes. I can't freaking believe it. So proud of them. We were wow. able to successfully re- gather a protest. I do have some critiques, but I was proud of how they pulled it together and fast. Wow. So, and, and you were there for the game. Yep. I went and protested and we're all black. Was this your first Eastern Michigan game? That you it was. <laughs> like, so here's what's funny. So, like, <laughs> I saw you on, uh, I want to say it was Instagram or Snapchat, yeah. InstaSnap. InstaSnap. Uh, face something, uh-huh. and I'm like, it's to at the Eastern Michigan. Game? I never go to the game, and like, like literally in my head, I'm thinking Some something's going on. Yeah, had to be a black event. This the only I'm way. like, because like I know you. I'm like, can't I go to? Mm-mm. I don't go to anything in regards to Eastern. And I'm I, like literally. I just thought to myself like, something's going on. Oh, it was big. So the game. Okay, well, let's say before the game. Okay. Was there, like, a meeting of all the black students before the game? We, that's what we expected, but no. It was just like, come to the game, you will see us. And you you saw them. <laughs> you saw them. <laughs> so uh, you were just sitting in the crowd watching this boring-ass game? Cause yeah. The we, e- oh, okay, side note. Did Eastern Michigan win that game? We won, which gave us – which was they were so mad at us because we were the, our first four to one since 86. So y'all actually doing pretty well right now. No, because now we're five to two. So we're like kind of like it's dwindling. So y'all lost two, one five. 
Which no, that's, is pretty, that's pretty freaking good for Eastern. They couldn't win nothing. Shit like before. we were like zero zero. Like we had nothing <laughs> for as long as I have been in Eastern. Zero uh, zero. Trust me, baby. This goes a long way. It goes back, ways, back before you. Like the fact that they said our first four to one since '86, I knew then something was wrong. Yeah. So that's why when I came up there before, I was talking shit like. Wait, y'all still have a football team? <laughs> Which is why we don't understand. Like, what? Where's the money going to? It can't be the football team. They don't even need jerseys. They don't win no way. <laughs> so okay, so basically, you didn't you you didn't know what was going to happen. All you knew was go to the game, yeah. sitting up, sitting in the crowd. That's all we was told, and and we were told to come. To, you was gonna see him, which we did. Sit with the crowd, and we gonna protest now. So bye. so no, so nothing really went on during the game. Yeah, we were just like scream. Well, I left that crowd because I was so frustrated. It wasn't like the, they sat in the student section, of course, because of so many students, and the student section is free. But because of that, we weren't able to kind of make a statement because it was the cheerleaders and friends, and then it's the band, and then it's whoever is another group. So the black people were way in the back at the top in the corner. So you, so the band was like in the same section. In the same section. So you, re, so really couldn't be heard because the damn exactly. band is playing. Every okay. time we chanted, the band would be like, "Oh nope, the niggas are talking," and they would like go ahead and turn it up, like. Okay. So the person, do you want me to go ahead and tell you what happened? You gonna ask me another question? I about the actual protest itself. Yeah, when they decided to, because we weren't well, I, going to 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 do what we did. Well, I just want to. Well, basically, I'm just trying to get the what was what was the feeling before. The big event. Um, it was, we felt defeated because we were getting drawn out by, you know, the band and, and nobody was really hearing us. They didn't get where we was coming from, of course, because it's black people trying to stick stick up from themselves. And when we do, they think we're selfish. And when they feel like um, doing it at the game wasn't, wasn't pointless. But we feel like that's the only place we think you will hear us. Because first of all, it's on ESPN. Yeah, that shit was on ESPN. That's, that's what caught my eye. Yeah, it was a big deal. And it was live. And um, like so, what the game was being broadcast on ESPN? Yeah, the game was. I even saw the little dude. I felt so, I was happy for him because I'm like, this this is new newscaster who probably never thought he would make it big, and now's the time you need to to <laughs> pay attention to what's about to happen. So um, yeah, once again, not to be rude to Eastern Michigan's uh <laughs> athletic program, but no. <laughs> y'all got on ESPN, right? Seriously. Like, <laughs> When I saw the, the little guy, I was like, what? well, they didn't send their best, but they sent somebody to oh, okay. cover it. So, basically, during the game, you guys are trying to, you know, get some chants going, get your yep. get your rally on, but really nothing is really coming of it. Nope, stood the whole time. We never clapped or anything. We just would scream Black Lives Matter, stuff like that. But every time, I mean, every time, the band would just go ahead and just start playing music. So, you feel like the the band was instructed to basically... Yeah, they were drown. using their white supremacy and privilege to drown out again the cries of black people. Okay. So, all right. At this point, you, 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 how, how are you guys feeling? Like we weren't being heard. Okay. So, <clears throat> take it from there. I, I'll let you all take right. it from there. So, halftime came, and they were like, let's go in the lobby. We all, before halftime even started, it was just... Because we're black, obviously we draw attention to ourselves. On top of that, we're wearing all black, and it's a lot of us. It was a lot of U of M kids. It was a lot of Eastern kids. It was a lot of WCC kids. It was a Washington lot of Washington Community College. Yeah. Okay. A lot of us there, 
and we went out into the lobby where people go buy food, got in a big group, and the guy who's the same, he was no, it wasn't the same guy. This time it was another guy, two graduates. Um, were like, we're gonna protest and we're gonna go and um, we're gonna walk, we're gonna march, we're gonna link arms, and we're gonna go on the field. I heard on the field, and I said, excuse me, like. <laughs> They gave us papers when we walked in and said, if you go on the field, you will not graduate. You will go to jail. Like really? they, they were scaring us. Thank God for the radicals, the graduates, which at, when I was there, I, I turned into a coon. I'm not going to lie. You know, here to me, to Kenya, of Kenya Talks, I always say I'm blunt. I was a coon for a second because when he said field, I have one in a year, or half a year left. I'm I'm going to graduate. <laughs> And though it seems, you know, you, sometimes you just got to sacrifice your blackness for your degree. I, some, and I call it the door opener. Some people got to open the door for y'all to walk in and go ahead and break rules like that. Right. I'm one of the people who got to open the door. I need my degree. The people who were, like, facilitating had their degrees. Okay. They don't care. So you're probably sitting there like, yeah, we were going on the field. Motherfucker, you, you were going on, on the, the field because like, you already graduated. Exactly. But them kids. They persevere because he said one thing he did say, and I respected that there's power in numbers. So if everybody rushed the field, you can't put every one of them kids in jail, of which, you know, was smart. So they said, we about to dissipate before the game starts. We're going to rush the field. And if y'all not going to do it, those who support y'all go out and y'all scream black lives matter. I said, that's my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. Truly, honestly, that's what I'm going to do. So me and my best friend, we uh, stayed on our side. We very Caucasian, very civilized. (laughs) <laughs> went back to the student section and we, I went, no, I didn't go to the student section. I went closer over because I knew what was finna go down. The people didn't know what was going down. So they started linking arms like, um, monkeys. That sounds so bad. Yes. Probably not the best uh, time to use that analogy, but, um, <laughs> I got you. You get like the, when they hang it from a tree, like the, that's type. but it was like literally that was yeah, yeah we got you got you again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and, digging it digging a hole deeper digging a hole deeper i'm not racist i'm not racist <laughs> can't be racist i'm black okay so they started linking arms and when they linked arm they walked towards the end zone on the other side and i saw the police merging because i was obviously in the dome and then everybody else was walking around to go jump the fence so I saw the police merging because I, I think they got word. I just think they, they they saw what was going on. So they started merging towards the end zone side over by the gate to meet them where they were. And it was like a big pause, but you saw the crowd kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So the first person jumped the fence, which was the, the people with the degrees. And they was like yelling at them. You could see, like I couldn't hear, but you could see. The anger, the emotion, you could see him yelling at the kids, like, get y'all asses over this fence. Like, it's power in numbers, da da da. So then a few more jumped. It was kind of like ants. And then they started crawling in, and then you could see groups of kids jumping. And they're like, well, dang, they going, then I'm finna go. Eventually, they all made it over the fence, and the police started coming up to them. So then they started singing, uh, what's that song by Chance? You don't want no problems with no problems with me. They were saying, uh, it'll be a problem with the police. Y'all ain't fucking with me. Like, they was in their face. So it's the police versus the students. And the students is like, I had my friend had Snapchat, so she was snapping the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm telling y'all, we can't. We're not going to be defeated. They're not going to arrest all of us. And some students, 
had to go to the bathroom. So I saw how the police were trying to work with them. But the more the police came, the more the black people, the kids would walk because they were intimidating the police. And you can hear it like on snap, dude, like you see they sending the police cause they intimidated by it. So, you know, we got power, you know, we got power. So the crowd would come down a little bit more down to the end zone. Then they, then it was like a standstill. Cause then the president came, which is the person he was talking about. Mr. He James Smith rushed out to the field. You knew he was some white power because his just energy. Everybody was like, <gasps> like, and we trying to watch the game, but it's so much going down. So, wait, so the game is still going on at this the point. The game is still going on. Eastern's still winning. And, like, they're paying them no attention. But you can tell, like, the, the students are like, like, you can tell even the football players would kind of look back like, oh, sh-, like, they finna rush this, this, this game. Right. So the president came and he they got his his white ass up there and he had to talk. I didn't get to see all that he said, but he was like, "We just we understand." He was he was like, "You're not gonna get in trouble. Y'all not gonna go to jail. We understand." Wait, wait, wait. so that might have been the the worst thing to say. At that that point. was the worst thing to say to us because now that we know that we're not gonna get in trouble and we already on this damn end zone, we doing it. We doing it. They, they, <laughs> they, they one thing they said when they was negotiating, the police was like. And it, I saw a heartfelt video where the police was talking to him. He was like, I understand. He was a white police officer. He was like, I would never want that to happen to us. He was like, things like that don't happen in Michigan. We get it. You know, we are so sorry. I don't want to hurt anybody. We get your pain. Just work with us. Like, just don't rush the end zone during the game. Work with us. And they're like, no, no, we're going to move down. Hell no, we don't go. So the crowd kind of, like, disperses because now the police were, like, giving them scary tactics. Then when the president came down, they all sat down on the ground and listened to the president. Stood back up. They were still merging down. So then it got to the point where I guess they couldn't talk them out of it because after he had told them, oh, y'all not getting in trouble, they was like, oh, well, hell yeah, we finna rest this end zone. <laughs> they came all the way down. They made it all the way down, jumped the gate, and made it down to the track. And they kind of split up and kind of made like a big circle around the track because what they were going to do, since it was so many of them, all the police can't just get everybody. Right. So if somebody break loose, everybody breaking loose. All hell going to break loose, which was the point. Right. So they were like, I guess they had talked them down because by the time they got down, people couldn't snap no more because they was holding hands, trying not like they didn't want nobody to break the, the link. So they were holding hands. So I didn't see no more videos. But what I saw was students. They walked closer and closer and closer to the end zone. But the police were smart because they were stalling them until the end of the game. And they were walking closer and closer. And the police, you could tell they was kind of like, yo, like, chill, just wait to the end of the game. We'll let you run. Just wait to the end of the game. And they literally waited to, like, 10 seconds of the game being over. We knew we won. And then we rushed the end zone. And they didn't get to celebrate. So they kind of had to – the football players had to run off the field. Then – the the coach of the school that came to play us was trying to run to the Black Lives Matter students to cuss them out, but then the president of our school had to grab him and say like, "Chill." Whoa, so you you don't know who you guys were playing that week? Oh no, I don't. Okay, I'll, I'll try and look it up. But he was but pissed. The, but the coach of the mm-hmm. opposing team was coming to yell at the Black Lives Matter yeah, people. He was mad because his kids had already lost. They had to be rushed off the field for safety reasons. And he was in his feelings. So he was highly upset. So, wait, okay. Let's talk about that for a second. So let me get this straight. You've got, uh, I don't want to use that word because it's not a good word. But you got a group, a large group of pissed off black people. Yes. And wearing all black. Yes. And this one coach. Yes. Was going to come up to y'all. Yeah. And say, 
chain. <laughs> like, or fuck your heart. Exactly. And he was pissed. And then he ended, he ended up getting an interview about how he felt about the situation. You know, typical, I just feel like all lives matter. It's not that serious, blah, 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 blah. blah. But it's so hard for us to get, it's hard to get our point across because on top of being angry, we're not hurt. And we get dismissed all the time. But it's easy to say it's not that big of a deal if you're not the p- person being hurt. Right. So, yes, I at first I was, like, brushing the end zone. Like, even when they said it, I even told our cousin who was there, I was like, girl, don't record this because they finna break some rules. Like, they finna hop the fence, okay? But then when they did it, it made so much sense. It was so empowering to see because we were hurt. We were hurt. Finally, we were hurt. It, it, we didn't want an email from, from the president saying sorry for your loss. Just like when you lose somebody and people, I'm here if you need me, but, you know, life goes on. It's like, no, we're here to let you know it's not going to happen. This will not happen again. And if it does, we're going to take action like we did. We're going to shut you, We're gonna shut the shit down. Y'all having a good football season. Yeah, we but we're going to shut, shut it down, down. And we will do it again with or without your permission. Like, they did not care. They were like, we we not having it. And I and I so support the two men who decided to take action, which was um, uh, two Greeks. That one was from uh, Omega Psi Phi. The other one was Kappa Alpha Psi. But they both definitely took charge and made it happen. Wow. Graduates, but they made it happen. <laughs> so okay, where did did you go down to the field? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I stayed my coon self up in, <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> I I did, I did, I I did. Yeah, when they got over to the field, I was yelling and like screaming Black Lives Matter with them, but I did not. I, but first of all, I was not gonna jump no fence. I don't jump fences. <laughs> uh, that wasn't gonna happen. When I, I, my I don't think my issue was. <laughs> The fact that they was jumping the fence, it was the fact that I had to be the one to do so. And I just needed, if that was going to happen, I needed everybody to generally agree that they was going to help me hop over. <laughs> so, and since I didn't want to go through uh, that. So what you're telling me is, it wasn't necessarily that you were, part of it was like you were scared of ramifications, but a lot of it was, I'm not hopping my ass over no damn no, fence. Unless y'all going to help me, <laughs> help me, nigga. Y'all ain't going to do that, then I'm not doing it. I'd rather be, you know, in support in the stands. And it, it was a serious matter, but uh, I had to, I, mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm not jumping no fence. Man, I, and it you wasn't like a fence. <laughs> fence. It was like, um, you have to have athleticism to get over it. <laughs> it wasn't like the one with the the, tri- the diamonds where you can put your foot in the holes. Right. It was like the, the you got to literally have upper arm strength. And you know a, it, a small body to push over. You know what this reminds me of? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it'd be funny if like you ended up being like the, the symbolism of like Black Lives Matter, like sort of like how Rosa Park was. Yeah. yeah. Some people just be like, man, Rosa was just fucking tired, man. That, <laughs> she that didn't want to get up. Yes, I am the Rosa Parks <laughs> of the movie. It's like it's not even that you was being defiant or anything like mm-hmm. that. I just didn't want to get. Just didn't I was want, motherfucking tired. I just didn't want to. Jump that fence. That's yeah, that not gonna happen. <laughs> like the the main reason. To Kenya McKenzie stand, stood in the crowd and recorded all of these. Yep. She's the one who documented it. She's a legend. Yes. No, I just didn't want to jump that fence. Absolutely. So I just sat there and Snapchatted. Yeah, I I recorded everything. I took that that and uh recorded it because I was not gonna be able to jump that fence. All that running and the stamina, people had to go to the bathroom. Like I, all the stuff was running through my head. I said to Kenya, what if you got to pee? If you have to pee, you can't go down. And you got to do this. And then when you get down there and they're going to have you, you got to be standing. They were standing for like hours. I don't have the stamina. <laughs> the stamina. You have to be fit. 
to do these things. And I'm just not that. I'm here to tell you. It's just the truth. But they voices were heard. They made it to ESPN. They made a difference. And I'm proud of my and And, and that's what colleagues. caught me off guard. I'm, you know, I got home. Because, like, like I said, I saw you on, I'll say, Insta, Insta Snap. Insta. Of which I don't do, so you know. And I'm like, something's going to happen. I was at work at the time, so then I get home, and I see uh, African-American students at Eastern Michigan uh, storm the field after the game in protest of recent racial events. I'm like. Sure did. Oh, my God. <laughs> it got real. Oh, my God. Takane was there. Yeah, it was pretty. And we were scared because uh, one student, she wrote a think piece, and she didn't go to class for like a week because we don't know what could have happened after that. That could have been the start of some shit. Like, you don't know if the student, we got these new generation students. I mean, it was a clown on campus last week walking around with like a fake knife. Like, this stuff is going on in the East and nobody knows. Like, it's crazy shit going on. She was like, I'm not going to class because I feel threatened. And, and, of course, my professor wouldn't understand, but you're not black. You don't know what could happen after this. If this is how you start off our year, what makes you think that we not going to think there's more shit to come? Yeah, this was like what? The this is first like or second? Homecoming. No, it was the first, second week of school. Yes, it was. It was our second week of school. Wow. And if that's how we starting off, I would feel threatened, too. And, I, 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 of course, I kept going to class because I don't have a choice. <laughs> Come hella hot water, I'm getting this degree. But I get where she was coming from. I don't necessarily think I would have missed a whole week of class. That's a lot of curriculum you got to catch up with. Right. But I get her point. Just more of the story. There are some people blacker than me, more, you know, more of an activist than I am. But at the same time, I'm so down for the cause. I wish I'm not, you know, athletically fit and I'm academically too involved into school to do any of these things, <laughs> but I most certainly will voice my opinion every chance that I get. Every chance. Was this like September 23rd? Does that sound familiar? It sounds close. It was in September. Like end of September? Mm-hmm. Wyoming University? Was it, are they Burgundy? Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's them. Okay. Yeah, their they're, they're, uh, culture was pissed. <clears throat> Because we took so much, he feels as though we distracted them. Because we were taking a lot of attention away from the game. Because, of course, everybody's looking every six, three seconds. They're getting further down to the end zone. And so I'm, they don't know what to do. And I'm looking at it, it looked like it was a pretty close game. Yeah. So, so he felt like we distracted them. But it's like, oh, well. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, oh, well. But, like, all right, let's go go back, go back to that. Like, dude, what the fuck were you going to do? With coming the, to us about with the angry mob of black people like what we <laughs> his his anger proved our point of white people have they can be mad over not winning games whereas we're literally pissed because we were told that our skin color should not be on campus like you're worried about a game against a school that never wins they could have just let eastern win just because they have pity on us and and, and that's why that's why I'm like thinking about this I'm like that kind of proves a point. It proves it's like point. you're pissed you're you're them. like we're mad like because we were told to leave because we're black, but you're mad because we inconvenienced y'all your game. Yes. So the football game is more important than our black people's daily struggles. struggles. Yes. And it and 
part of, part of this goes back to the situation with Colin Kaepernick from yeah. the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. He's taking a knee because of these issues. He was literally practicing his rights of not uh, like protesting. He it's not like he did anything illegal, but right. they and, so mad. And I'm, here's the thing, like y'all took it further than he did. Right. All he did was. Well, at first, he sat down during the national anthem, and then people were like, well, you're disrespecting the troops. So he got with some, got someone with from the military that, that uh, works with the organization and talking to them about how can I how can I get my point across but not disrespect the military at the same time. So the guy from the military said, what we do is uh, if you have a fallen comrade, we take a knee. So that's why he started taking a knee. Oh, I like that. So – he like okay, so y'all mad because y'all y'all saying that he's disrespecting the military, right? Yeah. Well, okay, fine. I don't want to dis. I'm not here to disrespect the military. So here's what I'll do: I will talk to someone from the military and, yes. and talk to him and find a way to protest that I get my point across and I also show respect to the military. Yeah. And he's doing that. Not good enough. He's like, well, um, I understand he has the right to protest. I just don't like how he did it. Well, appa- well, well, apparently he did it the right way because he got your attention. Exactly. But the thing is, you don't want to talk about the issue. He got That's the whole what it really nation is. involved, and I absolutely respect that because it had to happen. Somebody had to step up because it's only so much that we as millennials can do on social media. Somebody that's way bigger than us with a bigger cause has to step up and say, look, some bullshit. Y'all got to stop. Like, chill. That It's not like, and this was the thing, even at the forum. Some girl, she was crying, but she was like, we not asking, you know, for everything that y'all took from us. We not asking for money. We not asking for nothing. We just don't want to get killed anymore for color. Like, if there's a situation and you genuinely feel threatened by somebody because they do have a gun and they did do something and you feel like they were going to pull the trigger, fine. But for men like Philando Castile, who told you, he had a gun, but he was reaching for what you asked for, and you still killed him. You've got to be kidding me. Or Austin Sterling, who you killed in the back after he was already down and bound. You still killed him because you were threatened. And it can't be, can't say because he's a man. You can't, can't say because he's fat. Because fat people can't fight back like that. After so long, we get winded. It's, it's only so much fighting it's we like can the, do. the Eric Garner situation. You choked him to death. You're like, oh, he was a big black man. It was like six of y'all. It was okay. Six <laughs> it was six of y'all. Big black man. It was six of y'all trained, quote unquote, trained police trained. officers, and one black, big black guy. Yeah, he's a big black he's guy. A big guy. Yeah, but he was, but he was not being aggressive towards y'all and of at no, all. He was in a all he was saying position. was, is like, he had his hands up. Was like, man, I'm tired of y'all fucking with me. Like, but that's illegal too in America, apparently. So it's like we're not asking for anything. Out of it's, it shouldn't even be hard to understand. And then like one guy, we, and, and the conversation got deep because even he said, "Well, y'all killing ourselves." When I tell you they got with him so fast and said, "Okay, so so what you're saying is when we come to the majority, which are white people, and we say, hey, excuse me, stop killing us,' and then you say, "Well, y'all killing yourselves." Do you hear your statement? That's not what we came to you about. And we then, understand our struggle. We get it. And then on top of that, if you really want to d- dig deeper into it. 
okay, so because, quote-unquote, we're killing ourselves, it's justified for you to kill us. Yeah. Well, if you look at statistics, typically people of the same race tend to kill each other because they tend to live around each other. So what you're saying is it's just fine for us to go around and start killing you because you kill each other. Exactly, because that's what they're saying. That's basically basically what you're saying. uh, We would stop killing y'all, but, I mean, y'all should stop killing yourselves first. What the hell kind of logic is that? Don't if that's your rebuttal, you have absolutely nothing to say to me because you're not gonna say black people are black people's problem because if we could really get into the root of it and say we're not our problem, our problems were created by y'all. Y'all fuck up everything. Y'all steal everything and then turn around and say y'all need to go and fix it. No, the hell we don't. How can we fix something that we did not start? We didn't come to y'all country and say we gonna take y'all to come work for us and treat us like animals. Like it goes so far back. It's so much undoing that has to be done. And for people to say, get over it, it was literally in the 1960s. That was almost, what, 60, 70 years ago? That is not a long time. I have people that are that age. I mean, mean, let me put this in perspective for you. Black people got the right to vote in 1968. That's the year your papa was supposed to graduate from high school. Are you serious? He graduated in '69 because I, my papa's still alive, by the way. Right. So, so we're just so think about over that. It. So think about you being a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Not now, like you were looking forward to being turning 18, so you can smoke cigarettes and yeah, and and go to different places and vote, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't get that until his senior year in high school. That's crazy. So before then, so, he couldn't go to certain places. And he's still alive to this day. So when people say, like, get over it, that happened so long ago, my grandpa is still alive. That's my father. He's just not enjoying it. And still can't even really enjoy it because when he turned on the news, of which he does every day, every day, he sees another thing that happens that probably triggers what happened back in the day. So for people to say and try to demean and tell us to be quiet and hush us for what it literally is still not even – there's been strides, but as soon as we make 10 steps forward, we take 10 steps back. So we still kind of in this limbo of like undoing what was done, still dealing with what is. It's a, it's a lot of shit. Yeah, it is. And yeah. as a millennial, I think this generation is pretty much, I think for us before we weren't, we knew it could happen. But ever since this Donald Trump and him bringing out the people who actually, he's provoking people and provoking hate. We've seen it for ourselves. And we like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. This is not, no, no. Even though we don't know if we're going to get a lot done. But we're really aggressive about how we feel. And I, I think a lot of what happened in this country is that <clears throat> I think all this, race, this, this racist shit has been there the whole time. But because things have, since there have been strides to make things better and things have gotten better somewhat i guess the oppressors said well see things are good now you can vote this this and that there you go so what are you complaining about right and we'll just be racist to ourselves quietly so like before racism was just out there it was blatant blatant. you could just go on tv or anything and and just say whatever you wanted now you gotta but then it got to a point where you had to kind of keep it quiet amongst yourselves. You, yeah, so it didn't necessarily you put your little, be addressed. It just got 
thrown well, under a rug. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, just racist people in general. Like, you can go out and spread hate speech all you wanted to before, but then you had to, like, have your little secret clubs and put sheets over your head and have little yeah. rallies in the woods to talk about it. Well, two things happened, I say, within the last 10 years that basically have us at the point that we're at right now. Number one, Barack Obama became the president of the United States. Yeah. Once that happened, it's like, well, black folk, you you got what you wanted. You got a black president. There's no more. Racism is over. Nope. In uh, 2008, when he, or 2009, technically, when he was inaugurated, racism ended. Y'all can't complain about shit about racism no more. But racist shit kept happening. Like, it got worse. And y'all treated him like shit because he was black. And then, you know. Y'all don't want to hear nothing he had to say. And then, not even fully black. Like, that's the crazy <laughs> part. Y'all really, let them have a real nigga in the damn presidencies, well, a president house. Y'all going to be pissed. <laughs> he was actually being, the thing about Obama that I appreciated, he had to literally be, he didn't get to fully be himself because he had to please both sides. Because let Michelle really have had reign over what decisions were made. Because she's blacker than Barack is. It would have been a whole different type of presidency. He would have said a whole bunch of different things that he probably shouldn't have said. And the one time, I think the first time I ever heard Obama literally speak out about Black Lives Matter and said, you know, Black Lives Matter, they cut him off in the middle of his speech. Like, they were, like, on CNN. He was like, and Black, and cut. This nigga about to talk crazy. Cut it off. Like, no, no, no. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And... The, the second big thing that happened was that Donald Trump Donald ran Trump. for president. And, like, I was telling people, like, a year and a half ago, like, because Donald Trump has, has says he, he's thrown out the idea of running for president before, but mm-hmm. no one took it seriously. Of course And not. he just, you know, basically whenever he was promoting a new season of The Apprentice, he would talk about, I'm running for president, and then just go away. Well, about a year and a half ago, I realized, like, Nah, man, he ain't going away this time. Like, mm-hmm. people are actually like taking this seriously, and everybody thought like, like Devin, no, you ain't got nothing to worry about, man. Nobody gonna vote for Donald, president, okay. Donald Trump for president. I'm like, no, man. Like, I'm surprised. worried. I am seriously worried right now, man, because like people, like he's going up in the polls every week, man. It's like it's not going away. And Donald Trump just basically like made it okay to be hateful. Yeah. So he brought back out what's been legislated not to kind of happen since 1968. And people don't understand that. Of course, they're not going to see that. But Donald Trump, and I don't want to say, I'm, yes, I will say that. I think that it was his fault. It, I think him, they were so mad that a black man was in office that they said, the Republicans said, okay, we're going to take, this is how much we are mad about African Americans being in power. But you know what? Go I don't Donald even, Trump. I don't even really think it's the Republicans, but it's a lot of them that's like, yeah, we don't fuck with that dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a after, lot of them. But the thing was, and this is what my favorite podcast is saying, they were saying, now all of a sudden, they don't mess with him after they heard his, his slurs. First of all, it's it about has, the whole uh, grabbing by, grab by the pussy. It was nah, no secret. It, it, it was happening before that. I, I didn't, not as much as it is now. Because at the, um, and I'm not gonna sit here. Oh shit! I can't believe I'm talking politics on my fucking podcast. But it's okay. I said I wouldn't either. But it's getting crazy. I, I knew I would have to talk a little bit about it during this. But during the Republican National Convention, it was a lot of Republicans who basically the whole how how this shit works is when you're running for president, you 
we are either on the Democrat side or Republican side. If you're a Democrat, you know, Hillary Clinton was running up against Bernie Sanders and all those mm-hmm. other people, and Donald Trump was running up against uh, Chris Christie and Jeb Bush and all these other people. So what happens is when you go to the, your, your convention for your your party, basically everybody's like, you know, once, once you basically know who won, everybody who ran against him was like, you know what? I ran, I lost, but I'm supporting this person. Like Bernie Sanders, he was like, because they were going through the votes, and he he can't stood up and said, um, I'm basically pulling out of the race. Hillary Clinton's the candidate. I support Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. That's how it normally goes. You know, basically everybody just go ahead and throw their support behind the person that won the actual. Right. Right. That shit didn't happen like that with the re- Republicans. Of course not. It's- so... All these, because you got to remember, Donald Trump was talking shit, <laughs> not not just like to politics shit. He was talking shit about everybody he ran up against. So mm-hmm. a lot of them were pissed off at him. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so now I'm a, you want me to just support you now? Fuck that shit. Because he don't know how to do politics. You can't go around like you got to understand you're fighting against these people in politics, but you can't go for personal jabs. You can't talk about stuff like what Donald does with Hillary talking about. What does Bill Clinton have to do with Hillary running? Your husband was this and that. Okay, but Bill is not Hillary. So Hillary is probably not going to make... Yes, she had to be in the house, unfortunately, when he was making these decisions, but that doesn't necessarily mean she should be... Well, no, 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 no. What Don- that's not what Donald is talking about is the whole Bill Clinton cheating on her thing. That's what he's talking that about. That has nothing to do with presidency. That's the part that See, I feel and like you're the, going for personal jabs. And that's what? the problem. See, <clears throat> See, our... The way the country is now, yeah, we are in what I like to call a reality TV, literally, literally. generation. So, the fact that it, it, it ain't got oh, I was gonna talk about this on my show, but fuck it, I'm talking about it now. None of this shit has shit to do with politics. Nice. None, politics are not being talked about, and like it, it pisses me off because I want to hear what these people got to say about different issues. But we know what we're talking about. We're talking about grabbing by the pussy. We're talking about Bill Clinton uh, fucking Monica Lewinsky. We're talking about all this other bullshit that has nothing to do with the issue. Nothing to do with my will. But you, but if this was on VH1 as uh, Love and Hip Hop Washington D.C., yeah. this would be the highest rated show on yes, on VH1. Yes, it would. It's a reality show, and here's the problem. That's this is why Donald Trump is winning because he realizes that he realizes when it comes down to the actual politics of the shit, doesn't he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. That's why he picked the guy he picked to be his vice president because he, really that guy Pence is if he wins we'll that guy's gonna that guy's gonna be the president. Yeah, Donald Trump is gonna be a figurehead. Yeah, pretty much. But Donald Trump knows how to keep his name out there. Yeah, he's sort of like he's sort of like a male politic version of Kim Kardashian. Something yeah. always fucking happens with Donald Trump that he finds a way to get people talking about. Yeah. If you if you ever seen that video of they have this thing called the correspondence dinner where basically the president gets up and he tells jokes and they have like a famous comedian come in and tell jokes it do it every single year. It's one year Donald Trump was there and <laughs> Barack Obama he told a joke about uh, <laughs> Donald Trump, and it was it was funny, and you know what Donald Trump did? He just sat there smiling, like, and I what well, he he just smiled and nodded his head, and he was thinking, "Yep, they're talking about me." That's all he cares about. As long as you're talking about him, he doesn't care. 
Any press is any press is good press. It's good press for Donald. And obviously, I mean, it, it it's worked for him because he is the the nominee for the Republicans. But he he's basically like all that closeted racism that was going on in the backwoods. He just dug it out. I it's mean, all these people rising up now. and just. Yep, here it goes from 1968 to now. Fuck it up, you guys. And it's like people, Donald's not responsible for them not liking black people. Absolutely. I don't think people understand. No, Donald's not responsible for those people not liking black people. But Donald is responsible for bringing it up and making it okay to hate hate out in public. Like, look, if you racist... Be racist. Yes. But do that shit somewhere else. And don't bring it to us because this man got to be in the office and not. I hope he never gets in the office. Jesus, no. But when he does, when I tell you them four years are going to be, I find now that um, other races are more bold with their statements. Like when we had the forum and that guy came out and just said, well, y'all kill yourself. We looked at him like, is, is that, is, do you really want to fight? Like, <laughs> Do you want to take this outside? We can do this right now. Let's go ahead. Like, they're more bold and more open to say things like that because Donald has made it a space and made it okay for them to outwardly hate. So then if this person hate and then this white guy said, well, y'all kill yourself, and then another person, a white person, agree, then, I mean, there's going to be a big-ass hate racial fest going on because Donald Trump has just made it okay to hate again. And that's not okay. It's it, uh, His it shit looks like Claire rallies to me. Even his his rallies like class are rally. so class forceful. Why do they put hands on people? What are, what are you grabbing them for? Like I'll be. Uh, have, have you ever you seen the uh, the free hug project guy? Yeah, the guy that just wants a hug, and they kept telling him, "Yeah, black is nice, but white is better." The and I'm like, fuck? <laughs> "What? Excuse me?" And like, literally, he he's not he's not out there spreading any kind of. He's not promoting the Democratic Party. He's not running. The, he's just literally he's going out there hug. like hugging people. Just a black guy. And, it's like, and they they automatically assumed, oh, you're with Hillary. Like, I didn't say that. I'm just out here you hugging people, man. I just want luck. <laughs> I'm just giving out free hugs, man. <sighs> it's a lot. It's okay. a lot. I'm so glad I got to come on the show. I know. So, well, before we wrap up, how, how are things on campus at Eastern Michigan now? Things are since kind uh of, since that issue what was it I want to say it's September twentieth twenty I will say they got it is now validated as to why we have because at first the kind of debate prior to everything happening I will say I was one of the people who didn't understand why we had black homecoming even though I know I know Wait, what we have a, a separate homecoming than the regular homecoming the black homecoming only because we don't feel as though we were included. And Reginald Barnes was one of the people who curated the black homecoming because, the, I mean, the regular homecoming, and I, it's not white homecoming, but it's the majority homecoming. We don't feel like we belong there. We don't want to listen to Kesha. We want to hear Migos. So we said, well, y'all not going to play what we want to play. We'll have our own thing. And now I feel like they're not so judgmental of what we have because it's been clear that we are obviously not wanted at majority mainstream things on campus so now it's blacker than ever more african than ever kids rocking dashikis natural hair the the black movement is now stronger than ever and has a reason to now i would say maybe year, for the first three years I, I we were there i don't feel like we had a reason but now i feel like we do and now it's blacker than ever so really proud really really yeah. proud 
So there, there hasn't been any follow up to the um, investigation. We did or, get an email from him the other day, but I feel bad because I kind of dismissed it because now I'm at the point where y'all not gonna find the, the person who did it. Y'all don't know if he was on campus. Y'all don't know, know if this person was off campus. Y'all don't know who it is. Right. So I'm not even gonna pay no more attention. I was frustrated. That was another thing. They will catch a, a person smoking weed two miles off of campus and put them in jail and drop them no longer able to come to school. But you couldn't find a person with cans in their hand, four of them at least. You had to have at least four because it was four different colors. You didn't find a person with smelling like paint. So you telling me you can smell weed from a mile away but you can't smell paint from 450 feet away on campus? Students go off campus to smoke weed. You couldn't find somebody on campus. Right. After they had turned it up to $2,500, I said, oh, they're not going to find this person. They they would have been found the person who did it. They can tell you when a robbery happened. They can tell you what his age, what his height, what he looked like, who his mama, his daddy was, what grade he was in, what classes he take. <laughs> they, t- they You will get a whole-ass email from the EMU police department telling you watch out for this person. But you couldn't get a face, no face, no case for the person who wrote KKK on the wall two times. You got me fucked up. Hmm. And they still haven't found the person. And I'm pretty sure when they find the person, they're not going to do them like they do the kids who rob and steal and shit like that on campus. They don't do them. They're not going to do that person like that. So wow. that, yeah, still mad, still angry. I still have a lot of things that I'm probably going to talk about on my show. I don't want, this is not a hate show, but I, I, I have my issues with white people now. And at first, I mean, I, I wouldn't say Devin would probably say I'm racist. I was always racist against white people. Yeah. Kind of sort of. Yeah. But now it's worse than ever. Like now I'm like my, my thoughts. And when I see them, I just get so angry because they don't have our struggle and they get to happily not have our struggle and never acknowledge it. Like they don't, they're other. And it's really frustrating because you should not have an opinion on how we handle our pain if you don't experience any. Oh, Becky cut her nail. Okay, I just lost my daddy because they thought he was breathing in somebody's general direction. Think I give a damn about you and your B minus that you wanted because you didn't get an A on your last quiz? Right. Welcome to America, the game. Remember, remember back when you were in like high school and I kept telling you enjoy this shit while you fucking can. Yep. Yeah, this is the kind of shit I was talking about. Now I'm in the fight. And well, I enjoy it. I enjoy the beauty of our struggle, but at the same time, I be, I get so frustrated. I yeah, I fucking hate this shit. Yeah. I just hate everybody. This shouldn't even be a topic. <laughs> like, I get so mad because this shouldn't be a conversation in 26. I remember I was so emotional when I woke up that next day because the radio was saying it is. I was like, this is 2016. Yeah, let's let's talk. Let's talk about that real quick. So, like, yeah, the, after the day after the protests and maybe like a week after, like, what was your mindset? Like, what, what I is- was hurt. I was hurt. I mean, and then you go to work. I don't think people understand, like, the black perspective. Not only that, if something happened to, like, Bon Jovi, that's the whole conversation at work. Oh, did you hear about Bon Jovi? He died, da, 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 da. Nobody ever acknowledged my pain at work or what I was going through at Eastern. That's not something that gets acknowledged because it gets 
yet again, it's not a big deal to, to if it doesn't directly affect their culture because of course my job is a white dominated workplace. Mm-hmm. If it don't affect them, that's not going to be the topic of discussion. That's not going to be acknowledged. They're not going to send out any oh hope everybody's okay. If you need a little cute moment to pull it together, that's da da da. Like no, they're not going to pay play Purple Rain and turn the place purple because this person died. Hell, they don't even acknowledge color. Like when per- a person gets bigger than out of race, they don't even acknowledge their color. Like with Muhammad Ali, he was more than color. Like what the? No, he was a black man. That was a black. He was black as hell. It was a time that people didn't like him because he was so black. You know what? And it's funny you bring that up. So here, here's the here's how like fucked up our country is, right? Muhammad Ali passes away, right? Mm-hmm. And we had all these people like oh he was such a pioneer he stood up for black rights and he you know when the country uh spit in his face he stood up and you know he's such a brave man and you know he's this great legend and da, 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 da. a couple weeks later colin kaepernick does it oh what the fuck oh you're not american fuck you i'm like do y'all motherfuckers not realize how like hypocritical y'all have been in that short span of time just that but it's not gonna kick in for colin kaepernick so he's like 70 and dead or close to it and you know what and fuck it i'm gonna go ahead and say it you know why everybody was all like you know celebrating muhammad ali because he couldn't talk shit anymore well truly honestly that's that's true he no longer had the voice to say what he's been saying his whole life. Yeah. So now that he's he not died, saying shit, we're, we love him. They had the audacity to take away his color. They had the audacity on CNN to say he transcended race. No, he was the blackest motherfucker you could ever meet, actually. <laughs> actually. He was a Muslim. <laughs> he was a fucking he was, Muslim. He don't get no blacker. So for y'all to say he transcended race, he was race. He hung out with the honorable Elijah Muhammad and uh, uh, Malcolm X. Ugh. He's about the blackest motherfucker you know. So for them to say he wasn't about race, Muhammad Ali was like so and so and so. No, no, no. It was all about race. So and then another thing. Shit, he di- he didn't go to the military because he literally said the Viet Cong ain't never called me nigga. <laughs> race. Exactly. <laughs> Prince was the blackest motherfucker you would ever meet. Well, he transcended race. Was he? Prince was very pro-black. Very pro black. Well, I mean, music. Now, I know what you mean, but you know, I just think Mm -hmm. of him as more as purple. Very purple. (laughs) But he was pro black. He was very pro black. And again, because he was bigger, because he meant something to the white people, they took it and changed his narrative as he's more than race. And that ain't. Oh, they love you until you prove that you're black. Because Beyonce. I, I, I kind of think she she almost she, she did she did it right. She could have committed career suicide, but for some reason they didn't slaughter her yet. They went yet. in. Yet. Yet. I mean, I mean they she, gonna, she gonna get snubbed at the Grammy. She ain't gonna get no awards. Oh, they gonna they're going to give her hell, but her career ain't over. So. Yeah. But yeah. So <laughs> I was telling you um, earlier that. I was going to tell you something, but uh, I told you I'll wait until we get on the show to. uh, (laughs) Okay. So. I'm I'm doing a a series of shows Mm -hmm. and it's two different things. One is this is why I have you on this one, you know, talk about the race issues that's going on in our country. Mm -hmm. 
the second one was something I just happened to stumble upon because <clears throat> I was going to have your, well, I'm going to have your grandma on the show, right? <gasps> Hi, grandma. And, and your papa, too. Hi, papa. So, and and the reason why I really wanted your grandmother on the show, and I, actually this is kind of an announcement for, for my show, so I said before I was working on something, and I'm going to let you know what it is. So I'm going to interview your grandmother and talk to her about her graduating from high school. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, she made history. She is a part of the first integrated graduating class from Quitman High School in Quitman, Mississippi. So I wanted to talk to her about that, you know. And graduated on time. Yep. July. (laughs) So, you know, I wanted to talk to her about that, you know, kind of find out what what was going on, right? Mm -hmm. So then I was just like kind of, you know, talking to your papa. And, you know, they just came from Mississippi um, Labor Day weekend. And from what he was telling me, this thing is a lot bigger than I knew, than he even knew. And basically our family has a lot of history as far as race race relations in Quitman, Mississippi. Mm. So, definitely gonna talk to you, your grandma. I'm gonna talk to uh, your papa, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna talk to oh, shit. a lot of people down in, in Mississippi too. You're going to interview legends. Yeah. So, and cool. like, and like I said, like at first I just thought, oh, I was talking to my mom about it, blah blah blah. But coming to find out, it's a lot more to the story than I realized and really no one has ever really told the story. So <clears throat> so Are you gonna go see Paul Jim? Yeah I'm gonna talk to him too. Ah! So but here's here's the part that you're not gonna like. So I ain't gonna be here for Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna be down in Mississippi for Thanksgiving um talking to people and I don't like that. I know you know I'm neglected this year. So no mac and cheese. I'm sorry. <laughs> you gonna make something before you go? I ain't gonna have time. You gonna text me the recipe? She she can't not do it. Yeah, but she ain't Devin. Hey Shakia. <laughs> <laughs> she can't not do it. She'll take it. That's not okay. I only have one uncle. I know, but you know. I okay. mean, do it for the culture. Right. And so and then <laughs> I keep finding out more and more stuff, and I'm like, man, I'm so I'm I'm gonna try and uh, get together with your folk over in Mis- in Muskegon and try and talk to them. And oh, cool! Um, talk this to is gonna you. be a historic podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to try to get in contact with your uncle Bobby because he was the first um, first black valedictorian equipment high school history. Hey. I didn't I didn't know that, so I'm gonna try and uh, get in contact with him. That's that McKenzie bloodline. Hey. So yeah, it's, uh, I mean I'm I'm trying to figure out Wasn't he the first Greek in our family? I don't know about the first. I'm pretty sure somebody else pledged too, but oh. it, he definitely is. I don't I'm not sure which one he is. Uh, Sigma, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity, founded in nineteen fourteen at Howard Sigma, blue Apparently, you've uh, had some conversations about that. You know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so aside from 
this series where we're talking about race issues in America, we're going to kind of dig back into your history. So, you know, they always say you never know where you're going going until you figure out where you've been. Well. So. Yes, yeah, please gonna, do come back with history of our family. So maybe I'll further understand why I'm so involved into this, this black thing. Because I'm very, I feel personally, you know, disrespected. Right. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll definitely jump into that. Get, it'll be more details coming out later on, but yeah, so. Yay! I mean, I'm sad, but I'm still happy because this is going <laughs> to be dope. And I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I just wanted to talk to my moms for the podcast. Now I'm like, man, this shit is bigger than I thought it was. I'm like. If you get grandma on the show, <laughs> she coming on mine next. I don't, I don't know. Mine's a little bit more refined than yours. Yeah, yours is kind of ratchet. Book, very much so. You know, truly, <laughs> honestly. But that's just me. I can't help it. Right. But. <laughs> you agree. <laughs> so you agree. You do think I'm ratchet. <laughs> Moving on. So, uh, <laughs> Kenya, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. You got any uh, final words you want to say to the folk? Y'all go ahead on over to Takeya Talks Podcast and listen, subscribe, rate, and comment. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Blueberry, uh, what else? Anything podcast related, I'm on it, specifically iTunes, rate, comment. If you got negative comments, I got to grow. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, talk. So if you have any comments on any constructive criticism, do so. You know, I accept it. And shout out to my uncle for having me on this dope show. That's what's up. Go ahead, uh, sh- shout out to your, 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 your I social. I give shout out my, po- oh, I thought she was going to say pie family. Um, yeah, shout them out too. This open forum. Go ahead. Shout, Hi, shout them out family. and shout out your, 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 your social medias too. Okay, so we got Baby Boy Podcast, Beyonce, Kelly, the John Effect Podcast. The only Michelle we acknowledge is Obama. Shout out to the podcast brothers, the podcast queens. Um, my bros, Too Uncool Podcast, there's still an Amber Alert out for them. We have not heard back from them, but they are still in our pod family. Shout out to The Wind Down, a really, really good podcast. They're all founded on my page. Every time they post a show, I repost it. Every time they uh, they post a show, I repost it. Every time I post a show, they repost mine. So you can't help but to find us. Um, but, yeah, that's the pod family, and y'all enjoy their shows. Follow me on Facebook to Kenya Talks Podcast. That's T-A-K-E-N-Y-A-H Talks Podcast with an S. Um, Facebook, Instagram, under, no, Instagram is just my name, Takenya. Twitter is my underscore Takenya. And um, I'm, I'm thinking about a YouTube, but I don't know. But yeah, that's me. I hope y'all enjoyed my conversation and got to see a glimpse of my ratchetness. But I'm just genuinely <laughs> me. Like, it's more, if you come over to my show, it's really colorful and fun. But no, I, thank you for being on the show. And uh, yeah, I, I, I listen to your show every week. Yay! And uh, I, I, congratulations, you on getting like a, I guess you would say like, you kind of, I feel like you've hit a groove, like you've gotten comfortable and Yay! you got like a consistent co-host situation going on there. And yeah, for fe- now. I feel like you, you, you've hit a groove and, and our, uh. Yeah. Hey James. Glad glad to have you back out here, back out here in these pie streets. Yes, I'm back for good. You you uh took a little hiatus. I did. I had to put myself together. My life's still not together, but you know, it's a little bit better than what it was this summer. <laughs> and so thank God for progress. 
left us out here without a dope podcast to step to, but now you're back. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Takane, for, for being on the show. Um, you're welcome. I'm trying to get to this crawfish. So. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Peace. Bye. Once again, I want to thank my niece, Takenya McKenzie, for coming on the show. Make sure you follow her on all social medias. Make sure you subscribe to her show. You can check that out on multiple platforms such as SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Republic. Just go check out her show. She she does a very good job over there at Takenya Talks. And... Like I said, I thank her again for doing the show. It was a much-needed conversation. And like I said, I'm going to try and get her back on the show sometime soon to talk about the incident that just recently happened, which was a repeat of what we talked about on this show. So, <sighs> got a long way to go, people. Uh, before we wrap this up, I want to give a quick shout-out to the fellas over at Green Bench Entertainment um, for putting me on their podcast. Uh, <laughs> they do a live podcast. Uh, facebook live stream of their podcast where they record on thursday nights and i made a little comment in the chat and uh they actually used the comment that i made as the opening for their show and uh, i was pleasantly surprised to hear that so go check out the green bitch podcast when you get a chance and make sure you listen to next week's episode where we will bring the first annual 2016 all stake no sizzle mid-season nfl awards brought to you by but well, we ain't got no sponsors yet we're working on that <laughs> yeah next week i'm gonna give away the mid-season awards for the nfl with various awards such as mvp coach of the year uh general manager of the year most improved player different awards that would be given out and basically breaking down the first half of the NFL season and, you know, giving my predictions and previews of the second half of the season. And also take a look at my playoff predictions and see how they are doing so far and see if I need to make any amendments. So uh, make sure you listen to next week's episode where we're going to have a little bit more fun. We're going to kind of drop the racial issues for a while and have fun again. Um, Also, Like I said in the intro, if you are a musician and you're looking for a job, my uncle, Pastor Bobby McKenzie of the Macedonian Missionary Baptist Church is looking for a musician ASAP. So if you happen to live in Albion, Michigan or surrounding areas such as like Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, uh, Jackson, Ann Arbor, Detroit, or if you, wherever you live, if you're willing to travel or move even like I, like I said before if you're willing to move you might be able to you know, hook you up with a job so make sure you email me you can email me at asnspodcast at gmail.com you can hit me up on twitter and instagram at devin the 63 that's d-e-v-i-n-t-h-e 63 or you can comment on the all steak no sizzle facebook page and or send me a message there and even if you're not looking for a musician job, just hit me up. If you want to just leave me a little message, you can do it on all those social medias and all those platforms. If you want to comment on this show, leave a message. Instagram, Twitter, tweet me. Send me a tweet. Let me know what you think of the show. Or if you have something that you want to hear on a future show, just, you know, hit me up. And while you're at it, like the show, share it, subscribe, spread the word. Like I said in the intro, if you like the show, share it with others. If you don't like the show, 
share it with others anyway so they can hear how bad the show is. <laughs> All right, on that note, people, I appreciate you listening. We're going to go ahead and end this show, and I hope you listen to next week's show. So once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for the bottom of my heart for listening, and I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.